Welcome to Astrology Bites. This is your host, Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Astrology for Real Life, a no-BS guide for the astro-curious. I'm also your host for this podcast series. If you're curious about astrology, you are definitely in the right place. This is episode 123 of Astrology Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on astrology. My goal is to make astrology feel simple, clear, fun, and totally applicable to your everyday life. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Today, we're talking about astrology in your hands, and my special guest is James Devine. Welcome, James. Hi, Teresa. I am thrilled to be here. This is so much fun. We had fun the last time, so I think we're going to have fun this time. Yes. I, well, for people who are listeners to my Astrology Bites podcast, so James joined me on a Tarot Bites podcast, and we were talking about the hands in the tarot cards. And that was one of my all-time most comment, most commented on podcasts. People were fascinated and blown away. And when you started talking about astrology in the hands of it, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. We we need to start talking about that, this hand stuff over on the other podcasts. That's right. And I think it's really interesting how all the sacred arts seem to be kind of connected. I mean, right, like, I no, think that yeah. There is this, there's a shared archetype, right? In Western metaphysical or Western magical thought, or uh, I don't know what you want to call it, mysticism, I guess is what we'd say. There is a, um, a a sharing of these archetypal ideas, right? And so we see these archetypes in the tarot cards, you know, even Jung, sort of like Carl Jung was into that sort of archetypal thing. And I think Mary Kay Greer has done work. And I think you've done work on looking at the psychology and the archetypal type of way to look at, you know, tarot. Well, that's the same with astrology. There's this, there's these archetypal, like these gods, Roman gods, but they come from Greek gods that carry these certain uh, myths and these basic human archetypal ideas as a way to look at it. So in the hand, in palmistry, um, you know, ancient scholars assigned those same meanings to different parts of the hand. And it's fascinating. It's fascinating. As I'm reading people's hands and understanding their chart to see how those come together, how their chart shows up or doesn't show up on their hands. And oh my gosh, that's what we're going to talk about this hour, I think. We, we've got so much to talk about with this. And you know, also for people who are listening, there's a lot of astrology in the tarot cards too. And I've already done podcasts about that. And I'm probably going to be talking about on this podcast more about the tarot and astrology correlations as well. But now we're all about these hands. I'm all about these hands. Of course, I'm a Gemini. We're all about the hands. And um, and my midheaven is in Gemini. Of course. And you're a Which is midheaven is your career and your yes. like path, right? So Gemini rules the arms and the hands, especially and uh, yeah, when it, when an astrologer told me that, it blew my mind. I just couldn't believe it. Well, you know, it's I, I think it's really funny because every time I'm studying or learning or getting readings from anybody, including my palm reading that I've had with you, it's always blowing my mind. It's like, oh my God, how does this show up? You know, so obviously these people who came up with these ideas, they were onto something. <laughs> so <laughs> I am, of course, no palmist. I am not a palmist. I only know the very basics about palmistry. So the first thing I'd like to ask you is what planets show up in the palm? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'll start by saying I'm no astrologer and I'm also not a tarot reader. I really only know the palm and palm reading exclusively, although I'm learning these two areas now. So 
but I do know enough just to be dangerous. And so let's get into it. Um, what planets show up in the in the palm? So my understanding is that ancient palmistry, ancient astrology only dealt with the luminaries that were visible to the naked eye. And so you have the planets or the luminaries, so that includes the sun, um, that are from the sun all the way out to Saturn. And that, and so that's what shows up in the hand. You you have the from the closest to the from like the closest out, it's the moon, the sun, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. And so those are, how many is that? Seven, mm -hmm. I think, right? And is there a name for that in, in astrology? Those first? Well, first of all, those are like the traditional rulers or the traditional, I mean, in astrology, once the other ones were to, when you start talking rulership, which we could go down a whole nother rabbit hole, right. you know, there's the traditional rulers. So all the signs are ruled by, a, a traditional planet, planet. and yeah. those are the first ones that you could see and then when people discovered uranus and neptune and pluto and all these other things well suddenly they got assigned so yeah. that's why you'll see things like like jupiter rules sagittarius and pisces but now neptune rules pisces right so it kind of got you know some extra stuff i i'm one of those people that i will always mention both rulers but some Smart. people will only do traditional some people will do right. you know whatever so in the hand, the the palmistry hasn't really, um, despite people's efforts to modernize palmistry, there has been less. I mean, we think about how astrologers argue with each other over whether they're doing tropical, you know, astrology or whether they're doing this Vedic astrology or whatever the different systems are, right? And none of those arguments have happened in palmistry because palmistry, and even astrology is more consistent and systematized than, than palmistry. And so you have, um, so one of the cool things about palmistry is that it's a little bit of a blast from the past where you have these traditional planets expressed on the hand. Um, it's really a, a cool way to look at it. And I also think it's interesting because I think that as I'm studying astrology, the distant planets move at such a slow pace that they end up being sort of the sign of your generation or like they right. end up being a, a signal or an energy or a vibe of your generational like gap, right? They're generational. Whereas um, the planets that are closer are a little more like personal yep. um, to some level, right? Now I know Jupiter and Saturn move a little bit slower, but they're like in between, but the hand shows that your hand is how you interact with the world, how you interact with life. So, of course, it's going to have all the personal planets really, you know, there. There is no Neptune, Pluto, or um, Uranus on your hand, right? Now, modern some modern palmists have tried to put them into the hand in different spots, but pretty much that no. We should just leave it as it is. And, you know, sometimes yeah. it is like that. We should leave it as it is. Okay, so in astrology, you know, all of these personal planets and uh, Jupiter and Saturn are also called the social planets. They do talk about different parts of our personality. The sun is your basic personality. The moon is your emotions. Mercury is how you communicate. Venus is how you love. Mars is your drive. It's your ambition. It's your aggression. And Jupiter is where you're expansive, while Saturn is where the lessons come. So yeah. in the palms, does that same thing apply? This is what's mind-blowing. When you look at, so each of the mounts on your hand relate to a planetary uh, force or a planetary vibe. And I like to think of it as more of an archetypal vibe because there's a nuance. Um, 
the point the point here is your your fingers you, we use our hands in certain ways we use our fingers to do certain things right so teresa if i'm over at your house and i'm visiting you know milwaukee and i'm like hey we're hanging out and i say hey why don't i go to the corner market for that um since we're out of milk and you're making some amazing thing in the kitchen i'll just walk down to the corner market how do i get there you're going to use your index finger and you're going to point the way. You're going to say, okay, go out the door, turn right, go three blocks, and then turn left. It's right there in the corner and tell Rob that I said hi or whatever, right? So you're going to do something and you're going to use your index finger to sort of tell me different things, right? The index finger is Jupiter. So how we use the finger to direct, to open up possibilities, to point the way to to fortune, to actually literally pry something open, we would use and employ our middle, our, our, I'm sorry, our index finger to do that. And then I realized, oh, that's Jupiter. And it is the Jupiter finger. And it's, it matches how we use the finger in life, the archetype. So the same, <clears throat> let me give you another example, the middle finger, <clears throat> excuse me. We use the middle finger when we are displeased when someone else is violating our perceived ethics, rules, boundaries, right? When someone has violated those, they've cut us off in traffic, they've driven aggressively, they've been a jerk, right? When someone has violated sort of the bigger wisdom, right? We will let them know. Maybe we won't let them know. We'll do it underneath where they can't see, but we will flip them the bird. Yep. We are showing them Saturn, you violated Saturn. Do those relate? Do those does that relate with the meaning sure. of Saturn? Well, well, Saturn has a lot to do about restrictions and limitations. That's and, right. You know, and, and when you think about a restriction or a limitation, we think of offense. Yeah. If you violate my boundaries, my ethics, my ethical constructs, I'm going to let you know with my middle finger, my Saturn finger. It's mind blowing that these all match. So they all match. The sun is your ring finger, where you adorn yourself with a ring where you show your ego and your identity as married or not married, right? Where you wear a cocktail ring if you want to show off a little bit. Your pinky is extent, that's mercury communication. When you hold that teacup and your pinky's out or that wine glass, this is your desire to communicate. The thumb is two planets together. It's Venus and Mars. So Venus and Mars are, are love and war. If this just essentialize it down to love and war, right? When we look at their myth, Aphrodite and Aries, they're doing it like with each other, right? Much to uh, Aphrodite's husband, Hephaestus's frustration, right? Aries and Aphrodite are going at it, right? Because they're these two, arc they can't not. It's love and war. They're so similar. So you have in the thumb desire, which is the Venus part, and you have the will, like the Mars part of actually doing it. And those two together create action. So the mm. thumb, what do we do with the thumb? If I want to pick up that amethyst crystal that's on my shelf, I am going to use my opposable thumb to grab something and to do something. Mm -hmm. So again, we see that correlation between the, um, and I don't think it's necessarily the astrology. I think it's the archetype that is shared with astrology, right? Mm -hmm. So the thumb indicates your, your desire to do things. The last planet that we haven't talked about is the moon. The moon is in a very interesting spot. If you close your fist and you were to bang on the table, that muscle, that big pad 
that's underneath your pinky, right between your pink, the bottom of your pinky and the top of your wrist, that big muscle there, that's the Mount of Luna. Mm -hmm. And so the moon is about things that are strange and, and unseen and the intuition and like all those sort of like undercurrents, right? If you had a sixth finger, it would grow from that strange spot, mm-hmm. right? This this is the this indicates your um your into your intuitive uh, uh, place and and how you function, you know, with your intuition, with revealing things that are that are unseen or that are hidden. So we see like lines and, and other markings on the Mount of Luna. It's an important part of the of the hand. So all of these planets show up in the hand and these sort of archetypal uh, ideas. And it is fascinating, fascinating to look at. Oh, yeah. I think this is like super interesting. Now, for people who are listening, what is a mount? Oh, yes, yes. So clear about that. So a mount is a, a, um, the Mount of Luna is a, how could I describe a mount? They're at the base of your fingers. They're the, they're the mounds, if you will. They're, it's called a mount with a T, but they're the little muscular, like, like bulbous spots that are underneath each of the fingers. And there's a large one um, at the base, two large ones at the base of your hand, one around the base of the thumb, that's called the Mount of Venus. And the other one at the base underneath your pinky, that's the Mount of Luna or the Mount of the Moon. And so these are just these locations. They're like, they're like real estate plots, right? Mm -hmm. This is the real estate. This is where Venus lives. This is, this is her little area. This is Mars. You know, the triangle, the plane of Mars is a triangle in the middle of your hand um, Mm -hmm. that goes across, you know, your hand. So there are all these little spots on the hand that are called mounts. It's kind of like a cat's paw where they have their little, little pads. It's the toe beans. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. So we, we know there's planets in the hands. Now let's talk about your astrology chart. Can your astrology chart, can those placements correlate in the palms? For example, let me, let me try this. Let's say I have a Mars and Aries, which I don't, I wish. Um, but let's say I have a Mars and Aries. Would I have a more enhanced uh, Mars month than somebody who has say a Mars in cancer where Mars is kind of like supposedly allegedly emotional, emo, or wishy-washy in that placement. I don't totally agree necessarily, but would it show up differently? That's a great question. And there's a supposition that I want to get to that I think is a really important thing to, to observe, which is I look at astrology. <clears throat> no, I don't look at astrology as causation. Mm-hmm. I look at astrology as correlation. What that means is, Astrology to me is the clock on the wall. If the if I move the hands on the clock to say three o'clock to say three p.m., does that make it three p.m.? No, the clock is the thing that tells us what is happening in the world. It's three p.m. Right? The clock didn't make it three p.m. The clock is just telling me that it's three p.m. because of the vibe that's happening out in the universe and in the daytime. Right? I think that astrology is that way. And so palmistry is that way. Palmistry is showing us energetic and, 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 and practical things that are showing up. It's the, it's the symptom, if you will, that's a bad word to use, but it's the outcome of how you're living your life and those ways that you're expressing yourself. So the question is, do they correlate? 
they always correlate, but they don't always match. So I see a person, so I just saw a client this week. She is a Pisces sun with a Capricorn rising, right? So she's this um, water and earth. And I think her moon is in a water or earth sign, you know, so she's got this watery, earthy, you know, beautiful chart. That's all like, you know, wonderful, right? Very, you know, and she's like, but I'm not so earthy. I like, I am earthy and I am emotional and I am compassionate, but she's like, but I get crap done. I'm a manager. I'm a leader. I'm always like, I'm like, yeah, guess what you have? You have fire hands. She actually has fire and air as the dominant elements of her hand, right? Her hand shape is a combustion hand, which is fire and air. And it complements for her. It could also be a, a, a lock horns if you chose to use it that way. It complements her earthy, watery chart, and it makes her this amazing magician-type person because she has access to all four elements, two from her chart and two from the way that she, her body has actually formed and is interacting with the world. And it is so cool, right? Now, the client that I had, literally the client I had before her had, was uh, Sag Sun and Leo Moon, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and Sag Sun... Leo Moon, and I think her rising was some other, I think it was also like a fire sign or an, no, it was an air sign. That's right. I think it was Gemini. Anyway, so she had this fiery air, you know, um, chart and her hands were also combustion. And so they matched, Mm -hmm. right? And it was like, oh, here's a person who is really dominant on those two elements. She better partner with someone who's got some earth and some water to balance that out. Right. And so it correlates, it's always connected, but it doesn't always match. Well, you know, it it totally makes sense because, you know, as an example for people who are listening, I've got no fire in my astrology chart, none. And people are often like, Whoa, I would have thought you were an Aries, you know, and, or something like that, because I have a pretty spicy personality. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but when you looked at my hands, you said the hands were combustion hands. They were fire yes. palms, uh, much like the one client you were talking about. That's right. So there's a bunch of fire in my hands. And I so, surround myself with fiery people. Yeah. So my take on that, which I love if people, you know, comment and let me know <laughs> if you agree or disagree, even if you disagree, I look at astrology as an extraordinarily powerful read on the weather. Mm-hmm. in your life? What's the environment that you were born into? And I really look at that astrological chart and astrological information as the backdrop mm-hmm. in front of what you're in, in, in behind you, right? And around you. Your hands are an expression of that in as much as sort of the environment shapes you, but your hands are also how they tell me how you actually interact with the world how you actually grab a hold of something, what you actually do in this environment of your chart. And for me, those two things go together really well because if you're listening and you're thinking, you know, I my astrology is really cool, but it doesn't always fit me perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. And there's certain things about me where, like you said, I'm a little mm-hmm. spicy, right? I have this beautiful, like nothing in fire, but 
you only have to meet you or or see a video of you or whatever. And yeah, there's some, you're like a four star, you know, from the Thai restaurant. I think they're a little spicy. (laughs) 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 So where is that coming from? Right. And for you very much like that, it comes from your hands. And, you know, it's really interesting also, I think, um, you know, I agree, you know, astrology does tell you a lot about the weather and astrology for me is very much like a map it shows the potential where you might go where you might not want to go and you still always have the free will to navigate it and to work with either the high vibe or the low vibe yes now here's a question i have and this is also very astrology because i believe again you can like navigate things you're not doomed by what's ever in your chart that's right so let's say that you have a difficult chart and a difficult life, but you really work hard to turn things around. Can your palm change to show like improvements or to show like maybe you're a different quality or a different element is coming out more? 100%. Unlike your chart, (laughs) which is going to stay the same unless you discover that you really were born at 3.30 in the morning instead of 3.30 in the evening, um, in the afternoon. Unlike your chart, your hands change all the time. Um, Your hands are an expression of what you're doing, right? So let's give an example. Let's say that you um, having a little bit more stress and you're gripping the, the steering wheel as you drive to work just a little bit more. And this stress continues for like a few weeks. That's gonna show up in subtle ways on the hand. If you start picking at your fingernails, right? If you start doing something, let's say the ear, like cat scratches you, right? And that is on your hand. All of those things show up on the hand. So injuries, um, changes in your body language and your body movement, um, changes in your musculoskeletal structure because you take on a construction job or a manual labor job as opposed to the office job you had before, your hands will change. Mm-hmm. And those changes show up and they change the way that we read them. The other thing that changes all the time is your hand gesture. Mm-hmm. So you will be expressing your, what's unconsciously going on through the position of your hand. So you might have, so let me explain that. If you are active, in a particular energy, you're going to extend that finger. When you extend that finger, that's kind of like, if you're familiar with astrology, a direct motion, right? So that's, that's like, I'm, I'm fully expressive of, of my Jupiter, my Jupiter, I'm expansion, I'm expanding, I'm leading, I'm empowered, right? So that's the index finger is going to be extended. If you curve or relax your index finger, like you do when you sleep when you're sleeping that's kind of a retrograde and i don't think that's a bad thing <clears throat> but an internal energy with that right and so your body language will change and that's one of the things that's different about my method the divine hand method is i will look for those body language expressions of body language and help you see like what's coming up well that brings up something that i want to talk about um and this i don't know if this is really super astrology oriented or not but you know uh politicians the one thing i've noticed with politicians is they no longer they they bend that finger when they talk to you and i mean i just find that fascinating so that's kind of a weird little palm street thing again i don't know if that's anything to do with astrology or not it does oh i want to hear i want to hear okay so 
Let's talk about that. So we saw this with Bill Clinton. I think the first time I saw it was Bill Clinton, right? Yes. So Bill Clinton was early on in his, and for everyone that doesn't remember Bill Clinton, but he was campaigning as president like everyone else. He would point at the crowd and he would say things like, "You, we have to change, blah, 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 right? In his Bill Clinton voice, right? And he would point at the crowd and in an encouraging way. And so for all of us, we were like, yeah, well, his people saw that that was reading as parental and, you know, accusatory. And, you know, the other side was really catching on to that and sort of like moving that sort of impression. What is he doing with his index finger as he's lecturing and as he's pointing and wagging that lecture, lecture finger? He is unconsciously communicating that he's in charge, that he's dominating, that he is expressing Jupiter, the Jupiter energy on top of everyone, Right. And if that's why if you point at someone, you are putting your power on them. You can put your you can overexpress Jupiter and be a real like a-hole, megalomaniac, right? So he was coached to curve that, hold that index finger in, put his thumb on the knuckle and point at people with his first knuckle of his index finger. And then you saw that happen with Obama as well. You saw that happen with all the rest, even with Kerry. Everyone started doing that as they're gesturing. When they want to wag their index finger, they curve the index finger in, place the thumb on top, and they have a better, more acceptable gesture to the masses. So here's another question I have for you. Let's say somebody has an astrology chart and they have a lot of really challenging things in their chart. Are there things that you can recommend um, that they look at in the hand to see how they're working with it or not working with it or how they can change things. I mean, I don't know if that's a little too old. Absolutely, 100%. So why don't you give me an example of a negative thing in someone's chart that they'd be challenged with okay. and what it means. I've got a moon in Scorpio, which is considered the worst moon. Moon in Scorpio people, we love and hate too much and we're intense and we're extremist. I mean, that's what you read in a lot of the astrology books. And I thought, really? Well, and it also says they're vindictive, they're possessive. And those are things that are not really, I don't relate to, but I mean, I know I could have those tendencies. I mean, we all could. So let's say though, I was like that. And I'm like, I got to change this. How is this showing up in my hand? How might that show up in my hand? Number one, like vindictiveness. And Mm -hmm. how might I change it? That's the question. Yeah. So A moon in Scorpio as this highly volatile, emotional, you know, up and down, intense emotions, right? It's like the double, you're sort of getting that double dose of that strong, deep emotions, right? Mm -hmm. I would look at the hand and I would want to see where is, first of all, I'd want to see what element is your hand, right? Mm -hmm. And how can the element of your hand, so a moon in Scorpio is sort of like a well, Scorpio, I think of it as a very intense water sign, right? Okay. And I think of the moon can also amplify things, right? As a sort of a magnifier, the way it works with the tides and things like that. So I, I would look at that and I'd say, what balances her out? What are the lines in her hands that are fire traits? Like, so you can look at the shape of the line, if it's curved or if it's straight, if it's long, if it's short, and those are associated with one of the elements. And so I can assemble together what are the things that balance out that strong emotions? Where's the earthy aspects of her water? 
where's the fiery aspects of our water to channel that emotion into passion, into commitment, to sort of give a foundation and some barriers, some earthiness, some groundedness to those emotions. You have all the elements in your, your hand. Everyone has all the elements in their hands. So we can find how you can balance yourself with the elements that you may perceive or that show up in a way that's very intense on your chart. By doing that, it, let's say for argument's sake, I don't have, I have very little fire or, or earth in my hand as well. Then I would say, yeah, how do you partner with other people who can, who can channel and help bring out the best in you, right? We're social creatures, right? Mm-hmm. So how, does, how do you partner with someone? I'm always doing compatibility readings with people, which is one of the best types of readings to do because you can look at how a married couple or how business partners will relate with each other based on the shape and the features of their hands. Mm-hmm. And it's just like doing an astrological compatibility um, with, but you can do it with your hands as well. And they they correlate and, and give extra information in really beautiful ways. But back to your question. So you have something negative in your chart. I'm definitely going to look at how your hand helps balance that out and where it can help balance it out. One I love of, that. I want to say one other thing. There's nothing bad. There is absolutely nothing that is, quote, bad in palmistry on your hand. Instead, what is bad, I don't know if you've noticed, but society is not always very, is not always built for human beings. It's, it's, it's not always built for all of us, right? Our current society that we live in, our culture that we live in in North America doesn't allow, currently allow for everyone to be equal or to be expressed in certain ways. So what happens is people with certain features on their hands, or I think on their chart, are, are sidelined to say mm-hmm. this is a bad thing because it doesn't fit in with the social norms. Mm-hmm. You're not a normie. And so because you have something unique or different on your chart, or we've said that that's bad, we are going to sideline you, which brings out negative qualities. What I love to do is help people see how what they have been sidelined for based on their palmistry is actually a superpower and Mm -hmm. how to use it within our current culture. And that is where we have real transformation with human beings, with people, with my clients. They come to me and they have a transformation because they realize, oh, this problem that I've been having with obsessing over men or this issue I'm having with my, in your case, your moon in, in Scorpio, oh, this is part of my superpower. Now I see how I can use this in a much more positive way. Now, I know you figured that out because you're an, you're an astrologer and a tour reader, but for many people, that's what they, that's what we can do work on together. Well, you know, that's one of the things I say with astrology, you always, and tarot too, you always have a choice how you show up. And the key always when, like, for example, if you look at the chart of a child, we don't think right away, oh my God, the moon in Scorpio, this awful child, you know, instead it's like, <laughs> oh my God, my child is going to be very sensitive. They're going to be intuitive. Let's enhance yeah. those gifts. Let's, let's teach them to trust their intuition. Let's, let's right. also, as a parent, let's develop a trusting relationship with our child so they feel safe expressing their feelings. Yeah. I think once you let's understand- teach them, Let's teach them grounding and centering and shielding. Yes. And that energy is a real thing because they're going to be very sensitive kids. Absolutely. But society, even if you have a parent that's super cool and helps the kid with that, 
our society at school will not help them with that. Our general society won't help them with that. And so you're still struggling against a society that doesn't even acknowledge that energy, psychic energy, that energy is real, just barely starting to acknowledge. But, you know, I think, I think, you know, as parents, we can use astrology and palmistry and all these things. But as we go out into our life, let's say you don't have a parent who's with it. When I discovered my parents weren't with it, believe me. But once I, <laughs> once I discovered astrology and tarot, it really gave me again insight into my makeup and what I could do with the challenges, right. as well as with the gifts. I think it it, it is access to wisdom mm-hmm. from a different from a from another way, another way to access wisdom about ourselves. And it relieves us of like the baggage that like psychology has or that medicine has of like, and of all these other things. And it it allows, I think, in a way, a clear channel to sort of intuitive information about how we are and who we are. And I think in that way, it's really, really powerful. And it is why I think so many people can find like their truth, their they can find their freedom. Their they can find an affirmation, a confirmation of who they can be in the world. A pathway, like yes. you say, it's a it's a map. The hand is a map. Yes. it's all these little lines, and it can map you towards your fate, your right livelihood, your love, like what's important. I agree a million percent. So I want to finish off on one other note. We talked about you know some of the planets in there. Where might you find your midheaven or your ascendant in your hand? Yeah, not everything in the chart shows up in the hand, but I look at your, so please correct me because I'm not an astrologer. Midheaven, I think, is like your true purpose in life. Is that correct? It's where you're going. It's, it's your fate. It's like your reputation. It is, I like to say the IC is your root, whereas the midheaven is where what's possible, where you can go, where you can go in the world. I sometimes hear that as like my South Node and North Node are they're similar. Fate. Yeah, they're, oh, they're similar. Oh, it's your fate origin. Yeah, I, the North Node, well, we could do a whole other thing about the North Node and South <laughs> Node. But the Midheaven is really your potential, where you can go. Okay. So I look so often at the interaction between your lifeline, your fate line, and your Mercury line, right? So... If you yourself are looking at your hand, wondering where those are and how those interact, that's exactly the thing to look at, right? Mm-hmm. So your midheaven or your um, like where you're going is very much up to you. Now, my midheaven is in Gemini. And so I know that there's a vibe, an energetic vibe, a flavor to my midheaven, to where I'm going, this Gemini flavor. Now, I can take that to a negative place and be split and undecisive and research analysis paralysis. I could be flaky. I could just be like, right. (laughs) Or I could say, wow, I have dual career. I have dual income. I have multiple things on the fire. I can multitask. I can think about things and string them together really well. I can make associations. I think those are all things that are like the high vibe of, of Gemini versus the low vibe. Now I'm not an astrologer, so I think I got that pretty much right. But by the end of this, you're going to be like, stop saying that, Jim. I think you are an astrologer. <laughs> yeah, I think you're an astrologer. You, you're just, you just don't know it. And you just maybe, don't know it yet. <laughs> maybe I'll be a palmist and I don't know it. Who knows? I know, because I'm a Gemini, are, yeah. I should be. That's right. So when I think about that, 
I'm going to help. I'm going to help a person with a Gemini midheaven map their way forward, looking at how does your fate interact with your lifeline. That's a little more of also the South Node North Node thing. What's the orientation of the type of life you have? Is this a life of completion? Is this a life of creation? Does your fate line touch your lifeline, meaning this is a life where fate has a very direct interaction with you? Or does your fate line along the side of your lifeline, which means fate works more like gravity, sort of like in the background as synchronicities, is your success line intersecting your fate line and your lifeline or neither or both? Those all tell me and will help us map a way forward based on those orientations on how best to bring out that highest vibration of your midheaven, of where you're going. And a lot of times people associate that with career and with your right livelihood. And so that's how I would look at that. And we bring that together with those, with those ideas. I'm also looking at, is your mercury line, which is associated with, in palmistry, associated with also your business and your success yeah. and things like that, Where is it on your plane of Mars? How does it interact with Mars, which is the will, the gumption to like fight the battles and and do the things, right? How how does your fate line, which is also associated with, with Saturn, how is it oriented on the palm? And how does it cross through the the different the different um you know plats, the different property lines, if you will, the different like areas of the palm? So all of that just, I mean, I could read someone's palm for three hours and still have more to say, right? So it's sure, it's like astrology. It's like astrology. You never, you can look at a chart. I've been looking at my chart for 40 years and I'm still discovering new things in it or discovering new ways of looking at it based on what other astrologers, Right. I read a lot of things from other astrologers. I'm like, oh my God, let me try whole houses. Same with me. I'm always reading what other palmists say about things. and And instead of being defensive, like I think, people I maybe used to be or other people are, I'm like, oh, that's so fascinating. And I love yes. it when palmists look at my stuff and they're like, oh, I want I want you as a palm reader to incorporate these ideas into your readings. Yes, I love that. I never, ever stop learning. I'm always curious and nosy. And I want to just see how everything goes together and how everybody else is putting it together. I got actually one more question for you. Yeah. Because... Um, you know, the daily transits, the planets are changing all the time. And I right. know that you are working on these mudras to work with the astrology of the day. Yes. And I just remembered that. So I want to talk about that very briefly. Yes. Can you tell me how you use the astrology of the day with palmistry to empower people? Yes. Thank you for asking that. So I'm doing, uh, I have trademarked this idea of modern mudra, the modern mudra which is how we use hand gesture in modern society. Now, I want to honor the ancient mudras of of, uh, Eastern cultures. This is not that. They're inspired by that idea. The modern mudras are hand gestures that we use based on how we use our hands today in modern society. I am looking at the transits, and I'm really looking at transits sort of of the week, like the major transits or the major um, aspects of of the astro- astrological um, transits is what is it called when they're in position with each other like they're trine or square it could be it, those the are the aspects. aspects yes yes i'm looking at the aspects 
especially, I'm not really looking at the aspects of the moon because the, that happens so, so often. You could do that every day, but the moon is not a finger on your hand. So I'm looking right. at the five fingers, which is actually represents six planets. I'm looking at, um, at Mercury, the sun, Saturn, Jupiter, Venus, and Mars. What are they, what are they aspecting? I'm looking at how they're aspecting all the other planets, whether they're on the hand or not. And then I'm creating a mudra that simulates that aspect. So for instance, when we're recording this and when you are hearing this, uh, this podcast in the beginning of the year, 2021, we are just out of a grand conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn together. And on December 21st, they were on top of each other within, you know, a, a cat's eyelash <laughs> of, that, of that connection. So I had everyone cross their finger and touch the tip of their Saturn to the fingernail of their index finger, the tip of the middle finger to the index to the nail on the index finger. This creates an alignment between your Jupiter and Saturn and helps match the energy that's there. And so when you hold that position, you can say, I am aligned. I have alignment with my purpose, my boundaries, my Saturn aspects with my expansion and leadership. And, you know, this is principle centered leadership, isn't it? It's highest vibration is this like really beautiful, like expansion within an ethical construct within a beautiful wisdom of, of Saturn. So we bring that together and we find alignment, right? I am ethically aligned with my purpose and it's amazing how doing that creates a vibration. And I've been, I, I test all these to make sure that they work and it's really cool. So I've been doing that and it's really, really fun to do. And I want to match the astrology. Now that's just one thing in a, anytime a, a client wants a reading with me, we can work on creating a mudra to create the vibe and the energy of whatever you want in your life. So if you're struggling with self-esteem, if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with um, uh, fatigue from, I don't know, a global pandemic, we can create a mudra to help you get through that and to change your vibration. I love that because I am a firm believer, like I grew up with farm folks, you know, they followed the moon, they followed the almanac to know which days were good for planting or hunting or fishing. And I use astrology very much like that. I follow the transits every day to know, okay, today is an aggressive day. Let's not get in a fight or whatnot. Right. So I love this idea of taking the aspects and transits and bringing it into your hands. It's like yeah. you're taking the stars and taking them into your hands. You are. Yes. If you have a square, if there's a square between Mars and Jupiter then you can hold your thumb at a 90 degree angle from your index finger and you can create that square, that right angle with your hand. So you can take the shapes of the aspects and map them and make almost a sigil with your hand to match the astrology. How powerful is that? To use it's so powerful. To use the astrology, to surf the wave, not fight the wave. Yes. Now I'm going to also ask one more question because I've yeah, been talking to you forever. So what about people who do not have hands? Yeah, I have I've a really thought about that. Yes. You know, if you don't have hands, I mean, what, what then? What does a yeah. compass do? I have, <laughs> that is almost a joke. I think we need to make a joke about that. Like, you know, a palmist walks into, anyway, 
Um, so for people that don't have hands or miss, I have a client who is, um, who doesn't have a left hand. Mm -hmm. She only has her right hand. Right. And so how do I read her internal, the left hand represents your internal life, your personal life. The right hand is your external, your outward expression. So I've read people with, um, deformities on their hands or a woman who had shriveled hands. They were, had very low uh, mobility and that was a birth defect. All of those can be read, um, the, but someone without hands, I think it would be hard for me to read them. I would probably refer them to an astrologer. I would, I could potentially read their body language, but I think that that's, that would be hard for me to do. I will say this, reading injuries to the hand, even the loss of a hand when it happened, that I can read. And I read injuries to the hand all the time. Where did, where was that cut, right? Oh, that cut was on the plane of Mars. It mm -hmm. was right at the, the upper Mount of Mars, which upper Mount of Mars should be called like Athena because it's the planning of Mars. It's like the strategy. It's the strategizing for what you're going to take on, right? Um, oh, if you got a cut on, on your upper Mars, that is that signals that there's a lot to pay attention to in that area of your life. So wherever those injuries happen and however that shows up, people are missing part of their finger. They'll have a different way of expressing that planetary energy in their life. And it really shows up because the injury is always associated with an unconscious, something that they didn't see that was going on in their life. And metaphysically or subconsciously, they injured themselves in that particular area. And there's a metaphysical meaning to glean from it. And always people... Uh, overcome that, you know, people that have had surgery on their hands, they have scars on their hands. My favorite thing to read. I'm kind of morbid in that way. <laughs> My husband has a scar in his hands. I'm going to have to have you look at his hand one day. Definitely. Oh, I want to read his hands. That'd be so fun. Yes. He's had surgery on his hand. So I would be fascinated to see what shows up in his hand. Well, isn't well, he a musician? Doesn't he yes. play the guitar? He's a keyboardist. Oh, so it's, so when someone is a musician, they always have amazing hands because the dexterity they need in their hands to be able to play whatever the instrument is, whatever it is, is fascinating. And it shows up in their hand in really interesting ways. When someone has a change to their mobility or they have surgery or something and it affects how they move their hands, it is so fascinating to read and how it correlates with the arc of their life and the narrative arc of what happened in their life and when that thing happened. Right. Very cool. Well, you'll be looking at that soon. So I can't <laughs> okay, wait. <good. laughs> so Jim, where, if people want to know more about you, where can they find you to work with you and where can they learn about these modern mudras? Yeah. So they can find me by my, uh, my um, name, James Devine out there on the web, right? So uh, my website is thedivinehand.com. You can, I really love uh, social media, but especially Instagram, where I'm, my handle is at divinehandgym. And again, divine is D-I-V-I-N-E. Um, I think a lot of people say, think it's divine, like D-E, but it's not. Um, and that's where you can find me. I'm launching a Introduction to Palmistry course in January. So you can you can look at my website and sign up for my email list. There's a free video on uh, to get you started on how to reframe negative palmistry, which says a lot about 
me and who I am. Of course, I have the Palmistry Tarot Mashup course that people can take on my website. And soon there'll be the online um, introduction to Palmistry that's launching. So I really encourage people to sign up for my email list and get a hold of me. And of course, you can book a reading as well. And I mean, you've, you've had a reading from Yes, me. and it's amazing, mind-blowing. And hopefully one day there's going to be a, a book on astrology and Palmistry. Oh, yeah. Well, there's first going to be a book on Palmistry, which is my... Um, a, a business person that I know who might be named Teresa says, mm-hmm. you know, you should really just have three things to work on every year. So my big three are on the board and my number one is write my book. So I'll be the first in line to buy that book. And I'm going to point, <laughs> I'm going to point, other, point other people's way to that book. Point I, with your index finger and expand your horizons. like yes. Jupiter. So I want to thank you for coming here and expanding my horizons and sharing your wisdom and all your interesting insights with my audience. I think people are going to find this as fascinating as I do. And I love seeing astrology just show up in so many different ways. So this is so, so cool. Thank you. I think so too. It's so fun to hang out with you. Thanks for having me on. All right. That's all for today's episode. And by the way, if you're enjoying the show, you know what to do. Get over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that's the best way to help new listeners discover Astrology Bites. Thank you so much. And for more fun stuff, head over to my website, thetarolady.com. You'll find tons of resources about tarot and astrology, including my free monthly forecasts and horoscopes. Again, that's thetarolady.com. I'll see you there. And remember, no matter what's going on in the cosmos today, ultimately, you are in charge of your life. You're in the driver's seat. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change the course. You're the boss. You've got that power. Be kind yourself and others and make smart decisions. I'll see you in the next episode.